Welcome to the first ever episode of the Global Lab. Uh, my name is Martin Zoltz-Horskrik. I'm a lecturer in advanced spatial analysis and visualisation. On the other side of the table... I'm Stephen Gray. I'm a researcher here at uh, the Centre for Advanced Spatial Analysis. And I'm interested in uh, understanding and collecting lots of data about uh, how cities work and visualising that data and kind of sharing it sharing it yeah there's a lot of people in uh, in our in our team who are really interested in that stuff so cities are a big thing for us but also you know we've gone beyond the cities we've got projects which look at the world and how the world is connected yeah. by all those different mechanisms and yeah. technology comes into yeah, it exactly and how this technology how we can use this technology to augment what we do within the city and kind of gather data and really how we interact with the world around us every day I should say hi and welcome to this. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, um, that's probably enough about us, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, uh, it later in the show, I'm going to be talking to Martin Dejode, who works on a project called Totem, um, which is sort of the intersection of technology and storytelling. A really fascinating project. But before we get to that, we've got some of the latest news from the uh, geospatial and technology community. Um, Steve, you've been busy, haven't you? Oh yeah, it's been hectic around these parts the couple of weeks have been to a couple of conferences Google I.O. out in San Francisco so Google I.O. is the big conference for Google to roll out its new products yeah really it's it's a developers workshop to allow developers who are interested in kind of the Google products to kind of get together and talk to how how to use best use these new products so the software developers that are making apps and and bits of internet code and stuff like that yeah so i was kind of more there to kind of be interested in how the how to use google maps how to use google earth uh in more advanced ways to kind of augment our kind of uh, main visualizations and not only that how to uh, interact with the world using some of the new toolkits they've got for say the android phones and stuff because i'm very big in kind of you, mobile technology you're big on your androids. i'm big in not just my androids my phones as well but okay. really mo- mobile technology and how how we can use this to kind of understand how we're, what we're doing within the city so what were the big announcements so yeah really the biggest biggest announcement they were kind of looking at was kind of this new architectural system called android at home which right. allows us to connect devices with interconnect devices with stuff around our with devices around our home like lights like oh wait so this is where I can text my kettle on my way home and it will start start making me a cup of tea yeah it's basically the kit in between that that will hopefully make all this work so mm-hmm. what's really interesting for me is how we can use this to kind of remote sense the city how we can kind of you know, plug it up to say a temperature sensor and take it somewhere in the, in, uh, okay. in the kind of city, and using our mobile phones to kind of control other devices. It, it's got some really good implications for the work we're doing with within here in Castle, but further afield, like you can control your uh, stereo system from inside your house you wouldn't need to connect interconnect your phone to your stereo system. It just, just does it automatically. We do it automatically. Well, so, so I mean. A couple of questions, really. Like, uh, do people want to do that? I mean, I know you know you're you're a software developer. You're very very tech tech savvy. Like, does the sort of average bloke slash lady on the street want to to sort of connect their home into some sort of hell nine thousand? See, well, there there's this kind of reluctance for people to want to connect their devices up. Uh, yeah, you know, to kind of share this information. What's the reluctance? What because of the privacy issues? So. Well, not not in sense the privacy is kind of just the kind of they they see their mobile phone as their mobile phone and they 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 call people 
with it and they text yeah. people and they interact with Facebook and all the social media networks. Yeah. But at the same point, they were getting into more of a kind of ubiquitous world. So in the way that, you know, you know how, like you said, on your mobile phone now, it's not just a phone, you've got your Twitter, you've got your Facebook. Is that going to happen so that it will become standard that you've got your, you know, your Kettle app and your, remember to defrost the freezer app and your, and your, you know, lock, lock the doors when, and turn the lights on when I'm on holiday app and those sorts of things? I think it's actually going to be more ubiquitous than that. It's, oh, right, it's okay. like the, the house, or, or the, in the future, I mean, this is pure speculation, but yeah. it'll be the, the systems that control everything in your house and they're con- interconnected will, you know, detect that you're not in the house. Yeah. So therefore, oh, okay. it will start doing intelligent things like uh, kind of if you've left the kettle on, it will switch off automatically. It's, it's more this, uh, yeah. not this uh, kind of a uh, kind of response reaction, more yeah. more of a. It's not driven by the user; it's driven it, by the device. Exactly. So, so you could ha- actually this could be a really good tool for environmental management. So if you do leave all your lights on when you go out for a, go on holiday, you, your house goes well. That's a waste of energy. We're gonna. Exactly. We're going to turn those off. So, yeah. so the, I mean, I think there's a kind of bridge between. We've got a lot, a long way to go before this technology comes in and comes into kind of standard practice. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of barriers. Is, is there a cost barrier? I mean, is it something that only kind of well-off people are going to be able to have, or will it be? Do you think it will percolate down? I think this is where Google have got it kind of right, and uh, the, these kind of companies are doing it well it's not just Google I should say there's lots of other companies looking at this but this is what we've got right if you link it to a device that we all have that we all use uh, you know we, we all have phones mm-hmm. you know we live in a world that you know everyone from children all the way through to grannies and grandpas yeah. have the, these mobile phones well they really are ubiquitous and, and, and even like in if you go to developing countries now like yeah. mobile phone use and especially internet access has massively overtaken computers and things exactly it? exactly so we have this kind of technology in our in our lives at the moment mm. so I think there just is a more of a kind of paradigm shift that we need to look at so you went to you also went to something called where camp yeah what's what, where, 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 where is that where <laughs> uh, where camp was out in Berlin uh, it's a kind of conference for people who are interested in the where as they like to they call so it's it all geographical people geographical people people who who visualize who use kind of open street map which is a kind of a product that's an open that's a sort of open access mapping system yeah. isn't it so it's, it's people who are interested in that people who are interested in how to do things geographically so any kind of computing technology that enjo- involves some sort of a where and i was talking about uh, my work with Twitter, for example, uh, and kind of how we're mining Twitter and we're doing lots, lots so, of stuff like that. What's the sort of flavour of this uh, meeting? Is it uh, is it sort of like an unconference? Yeah, really cool uh, conference where you actually you have no idea what's going to happen when you, before you go. You mm. all these people who are really interested in the conference they just all turn up, and there's no set agenda. Uh, oh, okay. No one knows what's going to happen. We have a. So one, do you know if you're going to be doing a talk or not? No. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you basically can be inspired by someone else's talk and just get up and do something. Get up and do something. <laughs> but what's really cool is you come to this, you come to the presentation. You've got all, you come to the conference and you have all these people sitting around, and then you break away after the very first person who who organises talks. And there's a wall where you take a couple of post-it notes and you write what. You write if you've got a talk, if you've got something you want to share, or you just want to discuss with people in the room, like uh, okay. that's something you just yeah. post, pin up a post-it note, mm-hmm. and go to one of the conference rooms and that you want to see. And 
So what was really exciting was seeing how many of uh, the how many developers were there who were not professional uh, cartographers, or they weren't professional in the kind of geography. So they weren't of, academics. No. They didn't work for companies. They were just hobbyists. No, they were hobbyists. Sense. Yeah, and they they were very interested and very eager to to. You know, commit stuff to the community. For, mm. for example, you know, OpenStreetMaps has got a huge community behind it. Not only that, the people who are really enthusiastic and really kind of wanting to kind of uh, take some stuff away to add to their own projects with the geographical. So it was really nice to see that it was more of it was more of a hobbyist was out uh, and talking about their work and what they wanted to do and what what they were looking for. So it was it was really nice for that to see that. So you've had a very busy month flitting around Europe and America, and we're going to be featuring news from the community every show. So you listeners, if you have any news that you'd like to share with us, you'd like us to cover, uh, you can tell us at uh, thegloballab at gmail.com or on Twitter at thegloballab. And then we come to the second part of our show. Yeah, this is the regular segment of show where we invite a guest in to talk about the research and actually find out what's happening out there, uh, what new developments are happening out there in the world. And for this week, we're actually starting really close to home. So this week, I'm meeting Martin DeJode from the Tales of Things project here at CASA. First of all, Martin, can you tell me a little bit about the project? Okay, the, the, the project's full name is Tales of Things and Electronic Memory, which we abbreviate to TOTEM. And it's a collaborative interdisciplinary project involving five UK universities. Uh, the University of Edinburgh, Brunel University, Dundee University, Salford University, and of course University College London. So is, is there any significance to TOTEM? Has that got any... Um, yeah, the, the totem is is uh, a play on a totem pole because the project is about uh, elect- it's about memories. It's about uh, attaching memories to objects, and uh, I think in North uh, Native American culture, the totem pole was a, a place where people gathered to to recount tales of the the, the tribe. And uh, the project is funded uh, by the UK. Uh, Research Council's Digital Econ- Economy Programme um, and the uh, lead investigator is Dr Chris Speed at uh, the Edinburgh College of Arts and uh, UCL, our co-investigator is Andy Hudson-Smith who's leading the UCL effort. And what's the project about? Um, the, the project's exploring the concept of the Internet of Things and the Internet of Things relates to the idea that in the future every object will be connected to the Internet in some way. Uh, everything will have an online presence. So you might be tagging objects in the production process when they're made so you could uh, r- record their history uh, through the lifetime of the object and get information about the object. But, but in, in the con- context of uh, Totem, we're more interested in old objects, everyday objects, the kind of objects that you have on your mantelpiece. Right. So, so our idea is to be able to uh, attach uh, the store, attach memories or the story behind the object via a, a simple tagging mechanism. So, what, what does that mean? How do you tag an object? Uh, you tag an object with, with a, a QR code, which is uh, one of these two D barcodes that that. Uh, 
are becoming increasingly common. Um, so you, you print one of these out and you stick yeah. it to the objects physically? Indeed. You, you can print one of these out from the Tales of Things website and physically stick it to the object. And that QR code has like a unique number or identifier Indeed. which tells... Which links back to the, 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 the web page of the uh, object, the object's web page. It's, ah, okay. it's, it's online presence, if you like. It's Internet of Things presence. So, ah, so it's a direct link from its virtual to its real yeah, existence. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, people, can, people who come across this object, this tagged object, can use their, their smartphone to, to scan the object and then uh, see the, the, the web page behind the object. So they can just literally would focus their, their their phone camera on this QR code and it will just yeah, yeah. scan it. Yes, I mean, you could do that with any uh, barcode reader that you can get for uh, smartphones, but we've also written a, a custom app that gives you a more interactive experience. So if you use the Tales of Things app, you can uh, scan the object, um, view the information behind the object, but they also contribute to the story. Okay. So you can add, add your own tale or upload a video uh, of your own tale, and therefore add to the story as you come across the object in the wild, if you like. So that app um, that you can download from uh, the iTunes Store and the the Android market, market? yes, yeah. yes. So, so it's available for the iPhone and the Android, and that allows you to both read the codes and also start to to participate yourself. Exactly. So so you can read the code and also write back to it if you like. You can write back write your story back to the object. So it gives you a much more uh, interactive experience experience than just using the the sort of generic QR code readers which would just take you to the web page behind the object. But and there's a read only essentially. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Each object has got its own web page and its own story on that web page. Y- yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the you can upload video, so you can upload a YouTube clip that that adds a bit more uh, information about yep. the object uh, or you can just type in textual information if you like. Um, so we, and the other thing is you can link uh, that object via its its web page to other objects or other oh, okay. uh, web pages simply by putting in a URL. So you could link it to a, a Wikipedia article or or any 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 uh, page with a URL. I mean, this is really the the concept of the Internet of Things. It's it's mm. uh, every object will have a URL. Uh, every object will be addressable on the internet, and we can link objects together in a network. You start to get to see where the different stories of the objects intersect one another. Exactly, yes. I mean, that's very much part of the, the research project. Um, and although although the UCL part's been mainly on developing the, the technical side of things, uh, it's very much an interdisciplinary project. So uh, we've got sort of social scientists looking at, uh, at the storytelling process and how objects can be catalysts to storytelling. And uh, we've... Uh, some of our research colleagues have, have run uh, uh, user studies at, uh, with various community groups such as the older generation and uh, one of them was run at uh, Hillingdon Library where people were invited to bring along objects of a particular of personal resonance to them mm-hmm. and these produced some really interesting uh, entries on the Tales of Things website I mean there's pieces of shrapnel from the Blitz and things like that. Are there any pieces of shrapnel taken from participants' legs? <laughs> well, well uh, I don't think it is, but, but I think it was something that was found during the Blitz. But obviously, it, 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 uh, for, for the person in particular, this has an awful lot of uh, history because, uh, you know, that's 60, 70 years ago now. Yeah, of course. So, uh, that's, I mean, it, it, that's part of the, the overall aims of the project. It's, it's looking at all kinds of 
storytelling in communities. And Yeah, we had a collaboration with Oxfam at uh, the Future Everything conference in Manchester in 2010, where we, we sort of took over a, an Oxfam shop and uh, uh, tagged items that were donated by members of the public with RFID tags, and, mm. and then that, the, the person who donated the item also recorded a little audio clip oh, okay. uh, about the history of the object. And then subsequent um, shoppers could come in, scan the tag, and hear, hear the history behind the object being played in loudspeakers in, in the shop. So where do you see this project going in the future, and how does it connect into the future of the Internet of Things that you've been talking about? Well, the, the Tales of Things website it, it, it's up there and running and it's available to the public so so we intend to keep that going in the future so people can continue to to, to use the the system and, and record their objects i mean i think the the value of uh, a platform like tales of things will grow with time uh, as the objects collect more stories and also as the the original owners are no longer around to, to tell the story behind the object so I think the, the in a way this is a, a long-term project so if people want to get involved in the project what do they do where do they go okay so they can go to uh, www.talesofthings.com which is our, our website and there you can upload your own objects uh, all you need is a, a photo of the object. Um, you can add video as well if you like, but that's not necessary. Just a bit of history about the, of the object, and then you can print off a QR code so you can actually tag it. Um, anyone can use that. It's free. Anyone can use the service, and we, we're, we're keen that people do use the service. Okay, so head over to talesofthings.com and start tagging objects. Martin, thank you very much. Thank you. So, that, that's just come to the end of our first episode, End Mark. of our first ever episode. Tell us what you think. Uh, all of our contact details are on our website, theglobalab.com. Um, in fact, you can you can find our contact details there. You can get in touch if you've got an idea for a news item. Yeah, or you can get in contact with us on Twitter, at uh, theglobalab. Leave some comments, friend us. You know, the show is all about you listeners, and we really want your feedback and what you want to hear about. So really get in touch with us we're only two men and there's a whole community of geo people out there who have got ideas and uh, things they'd like us to talk about in fact if you'd like to appear as a guest on the show please get in touch yeah we don't bite honestly (laughs) so until next time goodbye yeah bye